Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 241 today. We're going to be discussing UAP and metaphysics uh, with our buddy Dan Zetterstrom, also known as The Zignal, if you are on Twitter uh, and other social media platforms. Um, you can check out Dan's stuff down below. I have the link down below for his Linktree link, so go check out that stuff. Uh, before we get started... Uh, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast For just $2 a month, you'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments. Um, so we just did one with Andrew Collins earlier today after the episode we did with him. So I'll put that up later tonight. Um, again, we've got tons of stuff on there, and I'm, I'm migrating everything from when we were on SoundCloud. Uh, now we're on Anchor, so I'm trying to migrate the rest of just the audio ones. But the YouTube versions of all of the episodes are still up. Uh, so go check that out. We are also on Discord, so come chat with us there. And uh, if you're interested, head on over to our merch store. Here's some designs from our merch store. Um, the link is down below in our link tree link. And uh, go to indrasweb.org. It is live. So sign up today for a um, account. And we are still working on getting in that in the App Store, but it's the perfect place to speculate, hypothesize, theorize. Um, and we will be getting back into that shortly. Uh, and one more thing if you're interested in winning this Mind Escape uh, t shirt, all you have to do to win. Um, is go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, leave a five-star review, um, take a screenshot of it, and send it to mindescapepodcast at gmail.com. That will enter you to win. Uh, the last winner was Tom from Ireland. So, again, congratulations to Tom. And he sent me a nice picture with him wearing it. So uh, that was cool. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, but uh, we have Dan on the show. Dan is a, if you haven't seen Dan on our show, we had him on about a year, year and a half ago, uh, but um, he is the co-host of That UFO Podcast. He is a UAP researcher, and he's a pretty sick artist, too, if you haven't checked out any of his artwork, so go check that out on his link tree. But welcome back on the show, Dan. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me. That was a, that was a really nice intro. 
you know last time i came on the show i well i was reflecting when when you guys invited me back on kind of the the past year or so and a, a lot has changed in the uap scene um and and even my personal journey has changed quite a lot so i'm excited to kind of have a catch up with you guys yeah absolutely actually you came on i think the day or two after they announced that ttsa was everybody was kind of going their separate ways uh lou was out um uh you know um just everybody you know uh uh kind of just disbanded at that point so you came on sure. we discussed the whole thing um and i thought we had a pretty productive conversation about it um looking back <laughs> it's actually weird that we're doing this episode last night because i was on facebook last night and there was a to the stars academy entertainment division uh post of people trying to get people to invest and at the bottom it says you know, you could potentially lose your money, which I know people <laughs> from the, the from the first time around are still waiting on their investment to come through. So I don't know if you've yeah. seen those, but it seems like they're trying to get investors for the movie or entertainment side of things now. Um, I, I actually, um, just before coming on here, I got an email from them about that. Uh, and they, they have all these tiers now where you kind of get different benefits and, and they go all the way up to like, there's a $25,000 tier and a $50,000 tier. And they give out kind of for fifty thousand, you basically get a, a personal briefing with Tom DeLong, where he'll tell you all of the UAP information that he's heard. Which, for one, I mean, there's going to be a lot of speculation and Linda Moulton how how uh, you, you know information mixed in there. But two, that's just it's a real big ask for a, a millionaire rock star to be asking for that kind of money. Um, yeah. And and over Christmas this past December we a few of us went to london to meet lou elizondo and while we were there i got a poster signed of my truth art and we raffled it off for charity and we ended up raising twenty four thousand dollars, and we just gave it away to two charities and tom's along with kind of a personal hero growing up but it was a moment for me kind of seeing him ask for 50 grand to kind of you know just fund his own thing versus you know little old me here i'm definitely not a rock star with millions of dollars um and i'm giving it away and i was just like you know it's nice slaying your heroes and such but i, I was a little disappointed <laughs> i think <laughs> yeah i'm i'm uh on our mysteries and metaphysics 6.0 that we just did uh, i go into my thoughts on the tom DeLong thing i i truly think that he had good intentions but i do think that um some of his stuff i don't know if it's just belief based or what but i mean just posting the fake pictures on instagram then taking them down posting the fake pictures on uh, twitter taking them down that kind of stuff just kind of rubbed me the wrong way it's like you know that these are fake um why are you doing that and um but it is what it is i mean uh i think i and i think my conclusion was whether you like him, dislike him, think he knows what he's talking about or doesn't or whatever, he did bring more attention to the subject regardless of all those things. So I think that that's actually a positive thing, a positive takeaway from the whole experience. But do we have an anti-gravity machine? No. Do we have, um, you know, all, a lot of the stuff that was promised? No. But, I mean, again, it is what it is. I, I think we can all agree that this whole topic's kind of gotten way more publicity the last couple of years than it ever has the previous 60, 70 years. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, between TTSA and the New York Times stuff, it's just snowballed, really. Um, and as someone who invested, I think we spoke about this last time, you know, I put, it was about 300, 300 pounds in. 
uh, and that came from a bonus in work. And when I gave that to them, I was just like wanting to support the projects, wanted to support getting the word out. For me, I didn't give it to them expecting an anti-gravity machine out of a out of a rock star. I, I thought that was a bit, you know, I just yeah, maybe you yeah. did have someone from Skunkworks on the staff, but one guy isn't gonna do that, you know. Um it, it was a pipe dream. But like you say, they they did get the ball rolling in terms of just the media coverage. So, you know, kudos there. The the Monster Monsters of California movie that's come out looks fun, but I feel like it's two years too late at this point. It's kind of we're past having that funny conversation. I mean, about again, I'm, I'm not trying to talk any sort of shit or smack or anything like that, but it looked pretty cheesy in my opinion. It looked like a C movie, not even a B movie. Um, and I mean, I'm not no, even aware it, of this thing. Is there a trailer or something? Yeah, you, you, you can look it up after we're yeah. done because if you play it right now, I know I'm going to hear it in your background. It, it's the same so guys that do um, like it. Creep Show. <laughs> so, it, you know, the cheesiness is it kind of makes sense to me in that regard that it costs and he said it was low budget so i guess take it for what it is he didn't say it's like some you know cinematic uh cinematic masterpiece or anything like that but i mean i just like i said we've been hearing about these movies for what three or four years now or whatever Mm -hmm. um so i just expected i guess a little bit more um maybe something like uh his first book god's man and war turned into you know, the, some sort of documentary style thing or something, you know. The scripts for Secret Machines, uh, the, you know, the fiction one uh, was turned in, I think, just before the pandemic. And that's essentially, you know, the the chase kind of movie, the Dan Brown-esque thing with UFOs. Right. So the person's dad having I, access to the, yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so I think the, the idea here is that if Monsters of California does well and Tom DeLonge directed that himself, I, I think there are some potential kind of golden eggs there for him if this does well hey you know have the keys to direct secret machines i i think it would do better if he just let someone else do it but you know hey what do i know sure yeah, no i mean wherever you have yeah you know, and, writer director all that stuff yeah it's it's just one of those things like i said it's um you know you can tell he's a fan but you know then it comes to like kind of what we were talking about off air which is like real research real experiences like gnosis like drawing from personal experiences, putting in the research and everything. And then, um, you know, I know a lot of people do research in the sense that um, they'll read books or they'll watch a documentary or whatever, but I think it's a completely different thing when you start looking for ways to kind of quantify um, how this thing works or, or philosophize on it and come up with interesting ways to look at the phenomena, things like that. Um, and I don't see enough of that on UFO Twitter. We were talking about the beefs and, you have some people that'll just, you know, start talking shit to each other and, and there's all this drama and them versus them. And there's these clicks that break off and you have some people that believe some people and some people don't like other people. And then it just kind of goes around in a circle uh, while people like you and, you know, people behind the scenes are actually looking at these things from inter- interesting perspectives. Um how do you think that we can change the culture? Do you think we need to change the culture? Um, do you think that this is just kind of how it always is? Almost like esoteric topics are esoteric, not because um, you know they're so secretive nobody can get to them. It's because that it's this niche little thing that only certain people will take the time to look into. Do you think it's similar to that, or how do you look at it? 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I think that, I mean, as, as a little microcosm of this, I, I went up to Baleskin House uh, to, to look at where uh, Crowley did the Abramalid ritual. And it was really interesting seeing how people in that town perceived that house versus as someone that didn't really know a lot about Crowley before going there. I, I just saw it as kind of, you know, a, a beautiful place. And it seems that the the communities have these kind of dark underbellies in in the esoteric areas whether it's uap or, or you know magic with a k um you you just kind of it seems to attract passionate and pe- people that have usually had had a bit of a i'll say bullying or you know ended up kind of on that side of the road having to defend their beliefs and their experiences so you, you do end up getting a lot of people that who kind of troll for lack of a better term because they don't really know how to have the conversation because that potential just hasn't been there for them. But like you said, there, there are also people who are having those conversations and you can find those those kind of little groups and, and stick to them. Before we, we went on there, we were talking about kind of being observers of, of the drama, but not kind of stepping into it. The and I think that's the yeah the watchers. I think that's exactly the right way to do it because these ebbs and flows happen all the time. You know, you'll you'll kind of see the the media will peak. You know, the interest from the media and UAP will peak, and then it's kind of a downturn until the next big thing comes. And as people don't have these media pieces to talk about, they start going at each other, and it's a really bizarre thing to witness. But I've seen it over and over and over and over and over again, and yeah. we we kind of. Um, we started a group called UAP Media and we engage with kind of politicians in the UK, journalists in the UK, and we, we help them there. But we kind of also use that group as a bit of a, almost a support group that if something annoys us, we'll, we'll kind of say, hey, this has annoyed me and the rest of us will just talk them through being reasonable and you know, not, not getting annoyed on social media and stepping into the drama and things like that. And it really helps, but not, not everyone has support groups like that. So I, I think, it's tough because you you want to tell those people to just chill out, but I've never yeah. met anyone on the internet that's been told to chill out that has chilled out. You know, you yeah. kind of have to you have <laughs> to leave them to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, in some cases, I think it's a kind of you know, as a as a nerd, I I, I was one of these kids who you know I spent my teenagers watching X Files. I played with yo-yos i skated i was one of those kind of alternative kids so so i'm used to not being at the cool kids table 
and a lot of this as well i i think is to do with the subject getting broader and attracting personalities instead of researchers um and experiences so you're starting to get people that come in that can kind of kind of pass the subject for an audience that we're not necessarily used to so like mm -hmm. demi lovato her audience we're, we're never going to reach her audience but it's kind of one of those I, I wish there was more depth in how those kind of entertainers covered the subject but i'm glad it's being covered by them in a way no matter what you know yeah no i understand um it, there's always going to be so, that. So, so let me ask you one thing you don't think it's doing more harm than good when these entertainers dip their it toe depends in how like far that? they go right like if if we're talking reptilian babies you, yeah. you know they there are there are conversations you can have and there are ways you can have those conversations you know if if we want to talk about lizard people we can talk about evolution and how that branches off and the different possibilities of how you you know biologically you could get to something like a, a biped reptile but mm -hmm. if we're going to just throw people in at the deep end and start saying that you know i get taken every night and i gave birth to reptilian babies and i have a family of them on a star far far away you know there, there's there's value in being aware or being self-aware uh, for your audience and, and kind of you know passing that information out and I, I think that's why we're kind of seeing that kind of slow rollout of the UAP information from the DOD and that kind of area just essentially so that every revelation is an eye roll and a, oh we're used to this you know like that's much better than people running out and stripping supermarket shelves of toilet paper and so on and so forth yeah so um I mean I don't really care I mean I guess what it comes down to is, and this is the way I feel about it, is I let everybody just spin their wheels. I mean, what is it? Like you said, you're not going to be able to engage with some of these people. They're so dogmatic in what they think and believe. Um, and it's refreshing to come across somebody that isn't, that's willing to have an open dialogue and conversation about these topics, that's open-minded. Um, and that's what I think it comes down to is the internet now everybody thinks they're right everybody thinks that their opinion is the most valuable thing and the, they're right and it's like dunning kruger run amok cognitive biases run amok pareidolia run amok it's all these different things coming together um to create this big problem is what we're seeing now and it's not just the ufo uap but we're focusing on that topic so when you look at that stuff um, I think it, it comes down to, too, you mentioned the personalities and some people's voices being amplified and not really being interested in the actual research and stuff like that. Um, I think some people just want to be part of a community, right? I think that that's part of it, too, is you see people that want to be associated with something or part of something but don't necessarily have anything to offer this specific topic or maybe they're not even really that interested, but they have friends or friends of friends or people they interact with regularly, which sucks them into it, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that the solution is, is just better researchers, better information and, um, having these conversations. And then if something interesting comes out of it, uh, hopefully you can hook the people into learning about that stuff as opposed to fighting about stupid nonsense, pretty much. Um, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And one more thing. And we're all people. I keep saying this all the time. People are people are people are people. There is, so I think true. this this is one of the main problems. Everybody on 
online thinks somebody when regarding these topics, somebody at the top has all the answers or somebody knows something that other people don't know. They, they're holding all the keys or all the answers. I don't think that's the case. I really don't. I think that there might be more data or more information out there that we don't have access to. Like you've mentioned the DOD and the government and whatever that might be the case as we can see with these hearings. But I don't think anybody has all the answers. And hypothetically, even if somebody came across something in the woods and these being told them about it or something along those lines, we would still be a human being interpreting something foreign or extraterrestrial. So how credible would that even be? And I would have to understand that person's level of knowledge and what they know, you know, based on science and philosophy and things like that to even understand where their perspective of understanding comes from. So it's just this whole game of telephone, but we're all people and we're all learning and we're all trying to figure this out. So nobody has all the answers and be very weary of people that pretend that they do. Mm -hmm. there, there was um have you guys watched the aerial phenomenon documentary yeah. i have not seen it yet but i do want to see it ah well i'll try not to spoil it but but it's a it's a very very good documentary and there's just there's a pertinent kind of point to, to what you were saying where the the experience happened you know the event happened um the children kind of spoke to cynthia hind and some of the teachers they drew some pictures and, and had a conversation about what they'd experienced but then in comes john mack um, and starts asking questions in a different way and different kinds of questions that really elicit different, they, they bring out different details from the event that just weren't being discussed before. And and I think that's really important to understand that this subject is about no, no one person is going to be cracking this. So if there does exist that there's a data pile that some, you know, men in black are keeping secret, they, they're not going to be able to crack it without the rest of the people in the world kind of helping out. Um, and the funny thing is as well that you know john john mack in that instance um, and tim i think it was tim tim leary i want to say um the bbc journalist both of them pretty much had their career ended without the involvement of any shady government you, you know people showing up and black helicopters and trying to shut the whole thing down mm. just ridicule in general society was enough to do that so right. we we don't need grand conspiracies you know and and if there was a group of people once who decided to hide this, they're not with us anymore. You, you know, we there, there's a yeah. lot that we have to move on from in terms of that kind of thinking. Right. And I think most of the time those scenarios are just people that have more resources or influence or power um, doing it in a way that the trickle-down effect affects people. I don't think they yeah. even think about it. I think that that's the misconception with all this stuff is they – people think that those people are being malicious in the way that that happens. But in reality, they're probably just selfish people trying to accrue more and more and more and more. And it just yeah. so happens through doing that, it, it screws over a lot of people. So, I mean, but whatever, that's a whole different tangent. It's, it's probably, um, I, I blame Hollywood. You know, it puts everything <laughs> yeah. in these black and white things yeah. when, when really everyone wakes up righteous. And, and all the best villains are always like that in movies. You know, they're all righteous. They all have reasons for doing what they do. And none of them wake up evil. That, that's that's mm. a better reflection of the world, I think. Yeah, it's a good so, point. So let's pivot a little bit. Um, you sent me a link. I watched your video. You uh, interviewed a, um, is it a, was she a marine biologist? A marine ecologist. Ecologist. And she studied specifically like acoustics and um, all that. And it was a very interesting conversation. Um, how did you find out about her? Or are you trying to um, relate this to the UAP 
uh, topic in any way. Yeah. So the the whole idea was uh, I basically spoke to a guest who they didn't want to come on to that UFO podcast because it was a UFO podcast. And I, Andy and I were talking and we were kind of saying, well, there, there are a lot of people who would be really interesting to get to talk about this seriously, but we're kind of carrying the baggage of, you know, the 70 years of what's come before us. So I was like, well, maybe I can do a, like a spin-off show and it doesn't really matter how long it is. We can just talk to some interesting people about some the, the world around us and maybe start seeing it in a new light. And as I was thinking about guests, I was kind of realizing that the idea of life as we know it has, has expanded so much um, to the point where, you know, the natural world is very complex. And I think the the solution to UAP or to that phenomena is is going to kind of be the same thing. It's going to be very complex. It's not going to just be, you know, one of these straight up, oh, yeah, it's grays from Zeta Reticuli. It, it's going to be mm-hmm. off the edge of the map of what we know. So I thought, okay, well, how, how can I kind of tackle some of these ideas without talking to you know the usual talking heads you know i I could talk to lou Lou elizondo is fascinating to speak to but you know he he's not someone that goes out into nature and is studying the the systems of fungal networks underground or something like that so i started thinking about guests in that way you know who who could bring something to this conversation essentially in a cheesy way you, you know in arrival when uh, the the helicopters, the government helicopters come to kind of get Amy Adams and they're like, we need yeah. your help. I was like, okay, who are those people <laughs> going to be? I want to I wanna find who those people would be and talk to them because they, they're going to be the people who, who help us over this line. So, um, so yeah, I was listening to or watching Fathom um, and Michelle was the first name I wrote down for this document, uh, for, sorry, for this podcast series. And even though... I didn't plan her as my first guest. It just so turned out that my first guest was unable to come on. And so, and she was, and so it just ended up that the first name I wrote down was Michelle and she was my first guest. And yeah, it was, it was a really fascinating conversation just to think about the language of another species right in front of us this whole time that we just thought was pretty song and actually it's these really complex series of communications that we almost can't translate directly to English because the language is so foreign to us. And the just the way that humpback whales interpret the experience, being able to see with sound as well. You know, we, we can't relate to that. But one day we might have to, to relate to something that, that sees the universe in an extremely different way to us. So it's not going to be... It's interesting you brought up the Twitter drama because you know, things like that are going to have to melt away if we're to really kind of shake hands with a non-human intelligence uh, on, on the level that we, we think is out there. The the kind of that, that pettiness and difference has just got to go away because yeah, we won't, we won't be able to face it otherwise, let alone start to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. the earth bias thing, you know, it's like we can only yeah. perceive what we've perceived in our life. So it's hard to really grok that, right? To to really no. consider the world. And Lou, Lou Elizondo is kind of infamous for saying, you know, if if humankind found out about the truth behind the UAP, um, oh sorry, behind UAP, um, how would they react? And he said, somber. And I think to truly sit in nature and kind of think about all that we can't see and experience in the universe, I, I think I get somewhere near that somber, reflective moment, you know. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a great premise, too, because I, I see all these UFO um, podcasts that have popped up. I mean, we've been doing this for five years now. Obviously, we don't only talk about, we're a philosophy podcast. We talk about a lot of things. This is one of the main things we've talked about over the years, but... Uh, I look at a lot of these UFO podcasts that have popped up, and some of them have come and gone, uh, but it, there's only so many people you can interview. There's only so many um, ways you can look at this before it becomes monotonous. So I think that that's a really interesting approach and very creative because I always think to myself, like, how are, what are these people going to do when they've interviewed the same people like three or four times and there's no new information? Like, what are they going to do then? You know, I think that yeah. all the time. Um, and some of those podcast stop or bow out or whatever have to change or merge with other ones or whatever um and i think that that's a really smart way to approach it what you said and you could do stuff like have um the whale expert lady on you could have merlin sheldrick you know talk about like you said mycelium or whoever you, you know things like that that are, are very interesting in that regard so and that's kind of how we look at it regarding the mind i mean when we came up with the name for our podcast mind escape i thought well, everything's filtered through the mind, so you know we can go anywhere it's with time this to thing. escape it, right? You know, if Maurice wants to do a little comedy in the background, you know, we can do that. You know, we can this little, you know, encase everything. But like I said, I really appreciate that aspect of what you're doing because I don't see enough of it out there, and I think it's important and it's a really interesting way of looking at this topic. Um, so what were you doing? Uh, I know you went down to Columbia. I know you're working on some sort of documentary series. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. That that was a, for lack of a better term, a magical experience, like re real once in a lifetime kind of trip. <clears throat> I say that tongue in cheek because hopefully I'll get to go back. The I, I went there for two weeks and we went to look at uh, a place called La Pena de Huayca. And for hundreds of years, there have been these lights reported on the peak of this mountain. Uh, that's almost 10,000 uh, meters above sea level. So, yeah, we flew in, kind of had to acclimatize for a day to the, how high up we were. I, I live at sea level here, I'm pretty much next to a beach. So, yeah, that, that was really kind of strange to experience. Uh, it, it was about an almost 28, 28, I think, hour flight out, which is crazy. And... We were there to talk to the locals to kind of gather stories. There was some footage that was kind of presented to us by locals and they, their, we, we explored their ideas of what that footage could be. We went on site to where they took this footage and we kind of tried to problem solve. And we watched the mountain for, for you know, almost two weeks. I, I think I ended up sleeping about four hours, four or five at the night maximum. Um, and yeah, if we weren't, if we weren't filming somewhere, I'd be sat, uh, on a blanket on the floor, just watching that mountain, trying to see something. And it, it was really cool. Uh, even I I'd say there were, I think seven or eight people and we all came from very different backgrounds. We weren't all from the UK. We weren't all podcasters. We weren't all, you know, TV people. There was a judge from New York who joined us. Um, and she, Lydia was an amazing character and you could tell in the way that she spoke about things that she came from a very traditional background but just to have someone like her engage on the topic of uap and talk through it with you it, it allowed me to, to see the topic in in a completely new light you know it, it's always it's always enriching to, to do that so yeah we we went problem solving on a few cases we learned about the history of the place 
we dug through a lot of kind of you guys will be familiar with it how how a kind of certain phenomena as you move through the ages will just pick up different names and then later on it gets talked about as if it's different things so they, mm. they were reports of kind of these balls of light. There were reports of spirits. There were reports of UAP. They were all described in the same way. Someone even said it was Mary Magdalene walking through the town and there was a place in the town that stole statues. Right. Um, and they, they were like murals of the of Fatima and, you know, the miracle of the sun and things like that all around the town. And, and it was real interesting to see that religious slant, but also have that technological kind of presence within that. And and yeah, it was a lot of fun to to go through and discuss with with the team. Yeah, it sounds like plasma or plasmoids. That's what we were just talking That's about right, yeah. with uh, Andrew Collins earlier today. Um, oh, cool! Their new book is a lot of you know like Dr. Gregory Little's parts about like young and metaphysics and paranormal stuff and andrew collins is more based on this cave in israel and a lot of the this kind of stuff you're talking about now uh but they're both um proponents of like the plasma plasmoid uh theory which is that plasma you know most people think of plasma as like you know ball lightning or whatever but the, sure. they actually think that it's conscious or has some sort of sentience and this is what's interacting so i think that that's a really cool way of looking at the topic and again this is what i'm talking about when we were talking about earlier the drama and the beef and the fighting this is the stuff that should be talked about not yeah. um <laughs> you know the fighting or you know and there is some stuff i should say like i don't know anybody i'm not going to name names but i think we were one of the first podcasts to start talking about psychedelics and aliens or psychedelics and con contacting yeah. and, and that kind of a thing like five years ago and then you see now there's a lot of people talking i'm not saying we were the only ones obviously we got it from places too but just from personal experiences that's kind of where that comes from so um when you look at the influence there is some things filtering into the conversations uh and it happens organically um, but I, I do think that stuff like what you're doing, going to Columbia, talking with the whale researcher, um, and just all the different creative ways to look at the topic, this is the way we all need to go. Um, and, and if you want to think about this in like a legitimate um, way and be taken seriously, because, um, yeah, the old ways are just, you're not going to get it done. It's just too taboo, too stigmatized to... Um, and I found when you talk about it intelligently, like how we're talking about it, I think people respond better to it too. It's like, oh, that's yeah. a realistic approach to this weird thing that happens. And I know I, I don't have all the answers. I could be wrong. Show me evidence, show me whatever. And I know you're the same way. You're open to interpretations yeah. and evidence. And I think when you're not dogmatic and you're open to things, but you have something interesting to say, that's the recipe for um, what we should be cultivating here. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I don't know how many stories I've been told because, you know, I've I've gone to, to kind of see the International Space Station go over and someone's come out and joined me. And as we're watching it, they will bring up, oh, have you seen the UAP news or stuff like that? And, you know, at that point, it's like a green light in my head. But, you know, it, it's important to let people lead the conversation and to recognize that people's eyes glaze over for a reason. It, it's not because they're being malicious it's just it's a lot to take in if you don't do what we do it really is and and right. the fact that we even think about it like we do means that you know where the books we read and things like that are probably immersing us in it even when we're not doing this kind of stuff you know um 
that's why it's very easy to do these these kind of shows that it's it's literally us sharing what we'd be talking about and reading about and watching stuff about anyway what what do you think of the i'm gonna ask you guys a question what what do you guys think of the the value of kind of pop culture and things like the multiverse of madness or loki and things like that and kind of putting these ideas out there for discussion in shorthand ways it, i'm sorry what was it, you're talking about like the multiverse or what were you saying like marvel movies and stuff oh the marvel movies yeah i actually i've been trying to get my wife because she has a tough time staying up watching movies at nighttime after <laughs> our, our son goes down to bed but um I was trying to get her to watch the Eternals because I want to. I feel like that has a lot of those kind of themes in there, and I want to check that one sure. out. Uh, I'm not a huge comic book guy, but I do like um, uh, what's the time one with uh, 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 Benedict Cumberbatch? Doc- oh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Oh, Doctor Strange. I love that one. I, I thought that like the time elements and everything, and in in um, the metaphysics and that, I really liked that one a lot. So I do think that that's a good vehicle for these topics for sure i haven't seen enough of them i'm just not a big comic book guy but a few of them i have seen i have been you know definitely interesting to me so i think it's pretty cool again i i I haven't even really put two and two together i just because we're so immersed in this whole world and we've been talking about multiverse and all the, the the new sciences and stuff like that i never even really thought about how this would look to somebody that isn't um familiar with what's going on so that's 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 an interesting point that you brought that up because like i said i just i just kind of filtered it through my my maurice bias if you will and uh, (laughs) i just i I didn't even think about that but yeah i i wonder how that is affecting you know it's interesting kids because they're very you know malleable and uh that's when you learn everything and that's how you develop your personality and things like that. So it's cool that they're getting introduced to it, but it would be interesting to talk to somebody that isn't very rooted in the, uh, the sciences as we are or into the, uh, esoteric or however you want to, you want to talk about it. But I mean, obviously you, UAPs and stuff like that are becoming more mainstream, but yeah, I don't know what, how, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because obviously it was, it made an impact for you to bring it up. Is it, I, I just find it very interesting how the world kind of creates its own language and shorthand for discussing really lofty subjects. You know, I, I look at my nephew and I'm like, okay, he's seen Avengers Endgame and I know that Sean Carroll consulted on that. So the many worlds theory present in it is a genuine mm-hmm. scientific theory. And I think, okay, a hundred years ago, one of the, you know, the smartest people on the planet would find it absurd that this kid understands that <laughs> that whole idea and all he's done is watch a comic book movie for two hours. It, it's yeah. weird how we kind of hand these ideas and huge concepts down through just creativity and intuition. It's the, there's something there's something in that I think that we don't quite grok properly. Um, you, you know, intuition is a world engine, whether it's an iPhone or a car or rocket ship, whatever, and and it all comes from the same place. And and yeah, I think. I don't know who I would talk to about that, but I'd love to get a guest on who who can really dive into that with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think I, I, there's really not that many movies though that blow my mind, or I guess even series at this point, because there's really not that many good movies coming out please, these days. Please watch um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay. I was going to start honest. watching. Is that, the, is, that the, is that new? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I think they, that's they, 
I I would say don't watch the trailer. Go in as blind as possible and just let it roll. Well, I heard it was supposed to be the best sci-fi movie <laughs> ever made. I uh, I also <laughs> was going to start watching this show Invasion. I think on Apple TV. I was going to check that out as well. But uh, what was that movie I told you to watch, Maurice? That was like a very weird. Remember, it was like almost like um, these people get stuck in like a. A subdivision kind of a thing. Oh, it was with Jesse oh, yeah. uh, Eisenberg. Terrarium or something. Yeah, or, tr- or something. Starts with a V. Oh, For, oh Vivarium. I, I Vivarium. Vivarium. Okay, yeah. so that's a really interesting way to to think about aliens too. I thought that that was a really interesting take. Um, yeah, the, the ending for that one stuck with me. I, I won't spoil it, but yeah. I was just like, "Damn, nice." Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there is some cool stuff, but there's just not a ton of it, I guess. Is you know, like you like Arrival. I think that's a great one. Love Arrival. We, that movie is uh, phenomenal. And actually, um, what's the one? The guy that created that show, Devs. Um, he also made that uh, movie with Natalie Portman. Um, oh, uh, I can't yeah, think I of it. Anyways, about. but yeah, there's there's some good stuff out there. But uh, yeah, I mean. It's one of those things where I'm kind of picky as it is, but then you bring something that I'm already really into into it, and it's got to kind of blow my mind for me to really. Uh, Annihilation is the movie. Annihilation, yeah, I thought that that, that, was, that was wonderfully creepy. The, <laughs> That's the, a great movie. Was it, was it? Would I even call it a bear? When well, it's the same guy as Ex Machina. That guy is the yeah, same. I love right, Ex Machina yeah. too. And that yeah, show Devs. Awesome. If, if you haven't seen, seen Devs on Hulu, I really recommend that. That's I have, all... I'm, I'm due a rewatch, I think. Okay, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, and I was hoping for a season two. Yeah, it's well, it's it's about like um, uh, determinism. Like these people, I'm not going to ruin it, but they create a code for deterministic causal lines in reality. Um, so when you, in terms of like, um, you know, people think, oh, is there free will or is there determinism? Well, this is like, oh, they know that there's determinism and they can tell you exactly how you arrived at where you arrived at based on an algorithm. I won't ruin it because mm-hmm. there's a lot more to it, but it's basically that. Um, and it's Nick Offerman's the main guy. and He's great in it. So right. check that out. Yeah, he was. It's a surprisingly dramatic turn from him, not, yeah. not so comedic. Yeah. Um, and, and it had some really cool depictions of some technological ideas that are out there but you know are kind of hard to visualize so i recommend it on that alone just just very thought-provoking show uh so i know we only have what like five more minutes or so here um sure but uh, we can start wrapping it up here but um i do want to have you back on because i feel like there's so many things we can uh get yeah, into we, yeah, 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 i went very fast um but is there anything else you got coming up that you want to talk about um I know uh, you're working on the Columbia stuff. When does that come out? Your your the docu series. The Columbia stuff comes out on the first of July. That'll be okay. the first episode. It'll be seven episodes in total. Um, that'll be rolled out uh, week to week. We'll be having kind of Q and A's with the group that were there. So uh, you'll get to talk to you know Lydia, the New York judge, and ask her opinion of certain cases as we're kind of trying to solve them. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, a, li- a little bit different for the for the UAP community, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so is is your that, that whale episode, that's Patreon, right? So people can... So that actually premieres in 10 minutes. And that'll be on um, so just a regular, free, that UFO? Just regular. Pod- okay. That's right. That's right. Beautiful. So you don't have to go anywhere else to kind of hear it. It'll be 
at that UFO podcast. It'll just kind of be conversation that's a little off the beaten track, but still very relevant to the conversation about non-human life. Oh, I love that. I would rather watch that than something about aliens anyways, because it is alien. <laughs> it's alien and it's here and it's real and we can quantify, yeah, exactly. you know, like it's it's not uh, it's not made up. And, and I'm not saying that anything is made up, but I'm just saying it's 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 real science here and it has to do with the phenomenons, basically. So uh, check that out. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. The, that, uh, the, I'll also say because I know you guys will appreciate it. The, the reason that Fathom kind of stuck with me was that the noise that the whales make, the whoop sound, uh, was kind of translated as them shouting I am into an ocean of darkness. And I thought, if that's not the most profound and intriguing way of just describing life, I don't know what that what is. So I ended up kind of getting that I am, you know, the whale whoop tattooed right, right. on my wrist there. Uh, just because I was like, yeah, there's, we're all just searching in darkness for a connection. And, and I thought that was a, a really beautiful sentiment for for a scientist studying, you know, something as simple as acoustics. That's awesome. That's phenomenal. Um, yeah, no, I, I, dolphins, whales, orcas, I mean, they all definitely have a high level of intelligence. I mean, even now I've seen these videos of orcas that they do is to attack sharks. They go straight for the shark's liver and they eat the liver out first. And then the shark can't swim. It can't stay buoyant. So then it starts like roll around and then they, you know, and they found them even where they just kill the shark and don't even try and eat any part of the shark. So they're just literally, uh, the orcas will just kill the shark. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And how do they yeah. know? I mean, they, how do they know where the liver is specifically, you know, smell like what's going on there? Um, interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like even um, if we were talking genetic memory, that's fascinating in itself, yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, listen, man, we would, we definitely want to get you back on. Uh, we'll set something up, but, uh, this was yeah, fun absolutely. and a good, good, good check-in. And, uh, I really like what you're doing, your projects and everything. And I really look forward to, uh, seeing what you do in the future. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, everybody check out Dan's stuff, uh, down below. I have his link for his link tree and check out his video that premieres in what, seven minutes here on YouTube. Yeah, seven minutes. Um, I don't know what the URL would be. YouTube.com forward slash that UFO podcast, I think. Okay. <laughs> I think that's how it works. <laughs> just go, just type in that UFO podcast. I'm sure it'll pop yeah, up. Yeah, it will come up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, before we get out of here, again, everybody head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast for just $2 a month. You'll get exclusive episodes. I'm going to upload the one from earlier with uh, Andrew Collins. And again, I'll be repopulating all those with just the audio ones. All the YouTube ones are still up there from when we migrated from SoundCloud to Anchor. But again, everything's still on there. And yeah, we love everybody. Um, Stay safe out there and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much, guys.